Thanks for listening to the Faith Church Podcast. We are one church at five locations, streaming online every Sunday morning at live.faithishere.org. We hope that you're challenged and encouraged by today's message. And if you'd like to watch or listen to previous messages, or if you'd like to learn more about who we are as a church and how you can stay connected, head over to faithishere.org. What an awesome time of the year. That song, as they were going back and forth, it was weaving the birth of Jesus Christ and the death of Jesus Christ. And you can't help but put the two together because that's the reason why Jesus Christ came. That's the reason why he was born, to give his life for us, that we might know him and have everlasting life. He came into the world so that he might die and take our place. What an incredible story. And we'll be taking communion after this message this morning. We invite you to join in with us in that celebration of the table of the Lord and what Jesus Christ did for us. Take your Bibles out and turn to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. We have been looking at different characters for you that are visiting today. You have no idea what that Christmas card sketch was all about, but our theme for the series is Christmas cards, and we've been looking at cards that Joseph might write, and Mary might write, and the shepherds might write. And today we're going to look at what, the, what Simeon had to say and what his encounter with Jesus Christ was really all about. And so we're in Luke chapter 2, and we'll begin with verse 22 today. And Let's stand together for the reading of God's Word. It is so good to have everybody here. You guys look awesome tonight. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming. I know we have a lot of guests and visitors in the house, and we are so honored to have you here with us tonight at Faith Assembly of God. Uh, Let me just start. I think you may pick up in verse 25 on the screen, but I'll start with verse 22. And when the time of her purification, according to the law of Moses, had been completed, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves and two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which has been prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel." child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. And then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Father, we come to you today. We just thank you for your sweet, sweet presence here tonight among us. We pray, God, as we look into your word, you'll help me as I bring it forth. You'll open up some new understanding today. You will bring hope and peace and consolation tonight. I thank you, Lord Jesus. Open up our hearts to receive what you have for us, and we give you the glory, honor, and praise for your alone are worthy. And we ask all this in your marvelous name. Amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated.
Most of the stories that we've looked at these last several weeks have been from Luke's gospel. Luke gives us the the fullest account of the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we've looked at the major characters. We looked a little Joseph. uh, Matthew will tell us more about Joseph. Luke covers pretty much all the rest of the characters. Luke talks more about Bethlehem and the birth of Jesus Christ and what is going to transpire. And as you read Luke, when Luke, this doctor, writes down the accounts of what took place, he just kind of has this anticipation of waiting that builds all the way through the Christmas narrative. It's all about waiting. And so you have, first of all, you have in the book of Luke, the birth of John the Baptist. And so you're talking about the forerunner, one who's going to come, and Elizabeth the mother, and how, uh, what an incredible miracle that was in her very old age. And then you have the details of Jesus Christ, and, and or excuse me, Mary and Joseph making their way to Bethlehem. And that trip and how it took place, and you have that famous line, there's no room in the inn. You find all that in Luke's gospel. And you can only imagine for a lady this far along in her pregnancy how that must have been a terrible trip, traveling where they had to go to, to Bethlehem for the birth of Jesus Christ. Can you imagine nine months riding on a donkey? It's going to shake it up. If you've had children, ladies, you know that last two or three weeks how it seems to never, ever get here, right? You've been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for the birth of that child. Uh, my second child, Jason, he, in fact, he's preaching right now at our North Campus tonight. Uh, our second child was two weeks late. And my wife could not just, just she was huge. I mean, she was mammoth. And, uh, and, and she couldn't wait to have that child. And so I remember she would walk around this football field. Uh, and they said, if you walk a whole lot, the baby's going to come. And I think the more she walked, the more Jason just kind of hunkered down and stayed inside of there and, uh, and found his rest and peace there. It's no wonder he took two weeks longer. He was over nine pounds when he was born, nine pounds, two ounces. So that's a, that's a big baby boy there. And so this waiting, this takes place, and Luke kind of draws the whole thing out, and you get this sense of waiting and waiting. You have the description of the stable and the manger, and you have the pain and the travail of childbirth and the labor and delivery, and you have all this waiting. But how many know God's time is always a perfect time? And it says in Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4, but when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman. God always has a perfect time in mind. And sometimes it doesn't line up with our agendas or our schedules and we wait for God to do something and we say, God, I'm praying for my miracle. I need my answer. I need some help. I need some hope. I need some healing. I need something going on in my life. And and then God doesn't answer according to our plans or according to our agenda. And if we're not careful, we get very frustrated and anxious in those waiting moments. Waiting, waiting, waiting. Yet God always has a perfect time and all the pain of the labor and all the pain of the delivery will give uh, way to ecstatic joy when jesus christ is finally born if you had children you know what that's like you wait and you wait and you're in pain and you're in agony and then the birth of that child comes along and it and all that pain is so quickly forgotten when you have that brand new child on your lap it's an incredible story Jesus' birth signaled the inbreaking of a brand new king, and he would be born on this day. Now, this morning we read about Simeon. Simeon, the Bible says, was a righteous and a devout man. He is a great, great guy. And uh, 
he, he, he recognized Jesus Christ right away as the Messiah. And so right when they bring the baby to, to, to be purified after 40 days, Simeon is there. Simeon's been waiting, waiting, waiting all this time to greet the brand new Messiah, the one who would be their deliverer, the one who would be their savior. And he welcomes him to this world. He said also the birth of Jesus Christ would be very polarizing. He said it would cause the rising and the falling of many. He's going to be very, very divisive. There are going to be those who are going to oppose him and come against him, and many will stumble on account of the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet for many, many others, it will be their rising. It will be their hope. It will be their joy. It will be their peace. It will be their salvation. It will be the rising and falling of many. And though on the surface little had changed, Herod at this time is still the ruler. The Roman troops are still stringing up traitors and killing them on the street corners. Jerusalem is still overflowing with beggars. Underneath the surface, everything had begun to change because a brand new king had been born, the Lord Jesus Christ. His kingdom, the Bible says, would be established on the earth and of his reign and rule there would be no end and Jesus Christ was born. And so this idea of Simeon is this idea of waiting. He said it was waiting for the consolation of Israel. I've been waiting for the consolation of Israel, for something to happen, waiting for the Messiah. All these years, all these years he's been waiting. And it finally came about. So how do we respond in these times of waiting? Well, first of all, you see some things happening. He's waiting for the right time, the right, the right time. And you find that in verse number 25. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. Now, waiting was nothing new for the Jewish people. They had been waiting many, many different times throughout their history. You remember how they waited 400 years in the nation of Egypt while God is raising up that brand new nation the Israeli Jewish nation. They waited in the wilderness 40 years before they could ever go on and enter into the promised land. They waited uh, after the conquest of Palestine. They wait for a new king to be chosen, a new king to be picked out, and they go through that period of time with the judges. They waited 70 years when they were taken into exile by the Babylonians because of their sin, Because of their wickedness, God allows the Babylonians to come in. He takes Israel into captivity. And so they wait 70 years before they would be set free. And then the period between the Old Testament and the New Testament is 400 years between the two Testaments. For 400 years, they hadn't heard nothing from God. There had been no prophets, no prophets prophetic revelation no dreams no visions no prophets were speaking out on behalf of god there are now 400 years of silence that we have between the old and the new testament and they are still waiting and during that 400 years they are still under bondage they're still under oppression to the babylonians and then it was the persians who came along And then the Greeks were over top of them, and now they are under Roman rule and dominion. And so they are still waiting for the king who would come after the throne of David, who would set up his throne upon the earth, who would restore the splendor of Israel. They are still waiting for all this to transpire. They've been waiting, and nothing happens. They were waiting for the fulfillment of 2 Samuel 7 and verse 16. It says, in your house and your kingdom shall be established forever before you your throne shall be established 
forever. And so you have this picture of a righteous man, a devout man, a man by the name of Simeon, who it says he's waiting for the consolation of Israel. He represents all of Israel and is waiting for God to do something. He's waiting for comfort. He's waiting for hope, waiting for some kind of an answer. What is that consolation? It says in verse number 26, it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Simeon was actually waiting for someone. He was waiting to see the Lord's Messiah, the Lord's Christ, the Lord's anointed one. You see, the only hope for Israel would be a person, Jesus Christ. It would not be an event, it would not be an occasion, it would not be a thing, it would not be something else. But the consolation of Israel would come through a person, the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what he's waiting for to appear and waiting for to come. The Bible says he would be the hope for Israel. He would also be the hope, he says, in the word of God for all the Gentiles because he is the one who would save his people from their sins. You see, that that desire for consolation, that desire for comfort, that desire for hope is a universal desire. Every one of us at our core want that consolation. We all want to have some kind of hope for ourselves. We all want to have some kind of comfort for ourselves. At times, I think we all struggle with loneliness, and we want comfort, and we want consolation. And and at times, we struggle with emptiness, and there are times we struggle with insecurities. In fact, I will tell you, for many, Christmas can be a major crisis time of the year. Because they're reminded of their lost family members that they used to celebrate with every year. They're reminded of the painful separation they went through. They're reminded of kids and family members who are far away, who aren't around during this time of the year. They're reminded of all those things that are going on. In fact, researchers tell us that the highest time for suicide and depression is in the month of December. There were more people that will take their life this month than in any other time of the year because they're waiting for their consolation, they're waiting for their comfort, and they don't find it. I want to tell you the only consolation and comfort can be found in the Lord Jesus Christ. It is always found in a person. They brought Jesus Christ to Simeon. Now it has come. Now my consolation has come. I want to ask you today, are you struggling with loneliness here? You feel like your life's meaningless. Are you struggling with some of your own insecurities? I've got good news for you. Jesus Christ, he is the source of your consolation today. Are you waiting for the economy to turn around? Are you waiting for a new job? Are you waiting for your body to get better? Are you waiting for healing? Are you waiting for some kind of ray of hope, something to hold you together for the future? I want to tell you, Jesus Christ is your consolation. The Bible said Simeon was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and then it says in the next verse he was waiting for the Lord's Christ, the Lord's anointed one, because our consolation comes in Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you today, no matter what you might be going through, what you might be experiencing, Jesus Christ is absolutely the answer. Your consolation has already come, and he is all you need tonight. And he will bring comfort and satisfaction. 
John tells us in John 4 and 14, whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst again. That is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the only one that can satisfy every single desire of your life. It's found in Jesus. Who's waiting for the right time. Waited a long time. Finally, he gets to the end. He sees Jesus Christ as now. I'm, I'm done. I've, I, I've, I've waited and have seen it. And I've seen the Christ Messiah. I've seen the Lord. And now I can go on in peace. He's also waiting in the right place. Look at verse number 27. Interesting verse. It says, moved by the Spirit, he went to the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus for, to do for him what the custom of the law required. Now, the custom of the law required that after 40 days, after you had a male child, you had to take him into the temple for purification. The Jews went through very elaborate purification rites. And so when you took that male child, 40 days after the mother gave birth, the mother was purified, the child was uh, purified, dedicated. It was, all this happened at the same time. And, uh, and yet, i got to tell you something, guy, uh, girls, if you had a girl or a female child, you had to wait 80 days. I don't know why that was. It kind of gives you a little hint of Jewish culture and maybe the way they were wired back then. But uh, at the end of 40 days, she would go to the temple for purification. And she would have to bring a lamb. Now, you'd bring a lamb for your purification sacrifice. But if you were poor, you could bring two pigeons or doves. And so this is exactly what Mary brings. So you kind of get an idea of Mary and Joseph's social structure standing this time. And so this is what they bring for their sacrifice. And it's precisely at this time, Simeon is told by the Holy Spirit to also go to the temple. Now, listen to me. They had no cell phones. They had no texts, no tweets, no whatever else you do to communicate with somebody today. They had no way that we use to communicate what's going on, but the Bible tells us the Holy Spirit tells Simeon the the exact time to go and exactly where to go, and he says, there you'll find that consolation you've been waiting for. And so he goes, led by the Holy Spirit. And this divine encounter takes place, and Simeon is there, Mary and Joseph arrive, they're holding their brand new 40-day-old baby in their arms, the Lord Jesus Christ. And they came to the right place. And the Bible says they went to the temple. And uh, they came with the right heart. The Bible says they came in the spirit. Uh, Now the temple would kind of be, we kind of think of it today maybe like our church. And so we would come into church at special times and special occasions. And so they were in the right place. And I want to tell you, when you come to, if you will come to church in the right spirit, with the right heart and the right attitude, and and you'll come to the right place to meet with God, I believe if we will come with that kind of expectancy, God will meet with us when we come and we gather together to worship him. It's an awesome time when the church gathers together to worship and praise and glorify the Lord, and you will experience God in a very unique way every Sunday. Our church exists, first of all, for the Father. Faith Assembly of God is first and foremost a worship center. So we are here primarily for the Heavenly Father. It is all about worshiping Him, praising Him, glorifying Him, exalting the Lord. That's why we come and that's why we gather together. My house should be called a house of prayer and a house of praise for all the nations. 
And so when we come together, it's exciting together on Sunday mornings and we walk into church and we come in the Spirit of God and we come with an expectancy that we're going to meet Jesus and he's going to have, we're going to have a divine encounter with him and then we gather together and it's dynamic when we begin to worship and praise and glorify the Lord. But also the church, we exist for each other. And by that I mean this church should also be not just a worship center but a nurturing center. Because the Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, but let us encourage one another. And so when we come together as a church family, we encourage one another. We lift one another up. We leave edified and built up because we've been around the family of God. And it's an exciting time to gather with the family again. Glorify and praise him. But our church also exists for the world. And by that, I mean it should be a redemptive center. This should be a place where people can find in, come and find forgiveness. Forgiveness for their sins, where people can come in and be brought into the family of God and come to know the Lord Jesus Christ in a real personal and dynamic way. I want to tell you something. For you that are guests, we have a wonderful body of believers that gather here at Faith Assembly, and we are here to help you. And if you're visiting tonight and you may have just wandered in and you just wanted to do something Christmas time and you wanted to kind of get into church and you wanted to remember Jesus this time of year, all very great motivations for coming to church, I will tell you, this church family stands here ready to minister to you and to help you and, and, and do whatever we can to help you find grace and mercy and forgiveness and have a divine encounter yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ. We are here not for ourselves. We are here for everybody else who is still out there who need to know the Lord Jesus Christ. I will tell you right out out of the gate, we're not perfect. You can come into faith assembly of God and we are filled with imperfect people starting with right here, number one. I'm the most imperfect you will find. But God is a God of grace and God is a God of mercy and God takes imperfect people and messed up people and he gives us a new life and he gives us a new start and he gives us a new hope and he takes our sins away and we have a divine encounter with him. This should be a place where people who are looking for consolation can find God. And the Spirit of God says, go to the temple and there you'll find your consolation. I want to encourage you, and I'm just going to throw this out there. Next Sunday morning is January the 1st. We have services at 9 and 11 on Sunday morning. I want to encourage you to start your year out right back in the house of God. And maybe you've got out of the habit of coming, and maybe it's become a twice-a-year event at Christmas and Easter, but whatever the case may be, I want to encourage you to start out 2017 on the right note. And we're going to begin by fasting and praying and seeking the Lord and believing God for revival. The theme of our, we're going to continue in the book of Luke and we're going to look at the miracles in the gospel of Luke and we're going to grow and learn together. And this is a place where you are welcome to come and be a part of what God's doing. The third thing though, Simeon was waiting for the right destination. The right destination. Look if you would at verse number 29. Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. Now, I want to tell you, don't panic that when you give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, you don't die right then. Uh, But Simeon, you get the idea, he's waited so long, he might be close to death. He says, I've been waiting and waiting and waiting, but now that I've seen Jesus Christ, I'm fully at peace, I'm fully at rest, 
I can go anytime. You can dismiss your servant. I've done what you've called me to do. Now dismiss your servants in peace. Listen, for the child of God, I want to tell you, there's going to come a day when we will see the Lord Jesus Christ ourselves. And we will see him with our new glorified eyes and our new glorified bodies. And we will be with the Lord and forever we will dwell with the Lord. And he says in verse 30, the reason now you can dismiss me in peace, he says, for my eyes have seen your salvation. And when you find Jesus Christ, when you come to know the Lord Jesus Christ, when you yourselves are saved, born again, and know the Lord Jesus Christ, you're ready to die. You're ready to live. You're ready to die. You have your purpose now. You have your eternity sealed with him forever. You will dwell with him in glory forever and ever. Jesus Christ, for mine eyes have seen your salvation. Why does he say, well, first of all, he cleanses me from every sin I've ever done in my past. My past is taken care of because of what Jesus Christ did for me on the cross. He takes care of my presence. Because now I have Christ with me, in me. And so because Jesus Christ lives with me, the Bible says he is my hope of glory. And he said, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. So every, through every storm and challenge of life, Jesus Christ is there. He gives me my purpose and my reason for being. It is all found in that person, the Lord Jesus Christ. Takes care of my presence. He secures my future. And the Bible says that Jesus Christ, whoever believed on him, should receive everlasting life, which means my life goes on and on forever. In fact, the shortest part of my life is these 50, 60, 70, 80 years I'm on the earth because I have all eternity with the Lord Jesus Christ because now I'm a part of his family. Now I have seen the salvation of the Lord for myself. I've received his consolation. Today, you can look through the eyes of faith just like Simeon was. He says, I'm going to see the Messiah before I die. He didn't give up, and he saw salvation, and it came to his house, and now he could go home in peace. You see, the story of Christmas doesn't end in the stable. It's only the beginning. It doesn't even end in the temple 40 days later. But 33 years later, the Bible says he would give his life on the cross. And they took that now adult male, that carpenter, the son of God, and they took him and they put him on a cross. And the Bible says they put nails in his hands and they put nails in his feet and they beat his back wide open. And he was a bloody mess. And he said he was beyond recognition. We could not recognize and esteem anymore. He died where I should have died. He was crucified where we should have died for our sins. But he took all the judgment and all the punishment that was due me and he took it upon himself and he hung on the cross and he took our place. He died there for us. But the great news is three days later he walked out of that tomb and he's alive today. And 40 days after that he was taken up into heaven. And the angels said something to those who watched him go on up. They said, this same Jesus is going to come back again one day. And he's going to take us home to be with him. 
and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And so just like Simeon was waiting to see the Lord's Christ, I want to tell you, I live every day with an expectancy that Jesus Christ could come back today. That this is the day I see the heavens open up and I see the Lord's Christ and I am waiting for that eternal consolation of Israel and all the world. He's coming back. I will live with him. Jesus Christ said in his birth, I will come and I will become a man. I will live among them. I will dwell with them. I will identify with them. And then he said, I will also die for them. God was so desirous to reach us, he became a man himself. That's an incredible story. And he was so desirous to win our love unto himself, the Bible says that God commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He made every first motion towards us, towards me, towards you. He made the first motion of being born and becoming a man to identify with us. And he made the first motion for our forgiveness of sins when he gave his life on the cross. And we didn't make one step or one move towards God. God loves you that much. He's already done everything needs to be done. He gave his life for you. He's done it all. We weren't looking for him. He was looking for us. And this evening, the Lord will come to you. And your search for consolation, your search for comfort, your search for perfect peace will come to an end. And it always ends up at the very same place it ended up for Simeon, in a person, the Lord Jesus Christ. It's about him. It's all about him. And you can know him today. You can invite him to come into your heart and life. He can take your sins away today. He can live inside of you. He can save you in this service right now today. And you will find that consolation for yourself. All you got to do is say, God, I need you. Take my sins away. Forgive me. I know I can't save myself. I know I'm a sinner. Come and live inside of my life. And if you pray a simple prayer like that, the Lord Jesus Christ will come in and everything changes. And you will find that consolation. And there are some of you here today that maybe for you this has been a challenging Christmas. I know of people in this congregation who lost loved ones this last year. It's been a tough year. And this is like that first Christmas. And the the first are always the hardest. You lose a spouse, you lose a husband or a wife, that that first Christmas is the pits. You lose a child, you lose a mom or a dad who used to pass the presents out around the bottom of the tree and you're going to get there home and he's not going to be there because... This is the year he left. For others of you, maybe your family's far away and you just got some regrets. There are others here are sick in body. We're going to hold some elements in our hands in just a moment, symbolizing that his body and his blood. And it was shed for our forgiveness of sins. It was shed for our divine healing. And it was all shed for our consolation that we might know the Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening to this weekly podcast. Check out faithishere.org for podcasts and videos of our previous messages.